God has all power. And so what we should do is pray, no matter what is going on. So that brings us to the third point. So how do you do this? How do you have biblical convictions from the Bible? Live as citizens of heaven on earth. First of all, the darkness of, of injustice. And basically, what, what I mean by the darkness of injustice is that the God who is, imposed, who is totally against murder and violence and discrimination and wants things to be done justly is looking down in this world And today, millions of lives around the world are in an amazing grip of injustice. Now, in America, most of us are, you know, it's kind of in the distance. We know it's there. But especially outside of America. Uh, Trafficking in humans. And I know it's all up, you know, with the Super Bowls, sex trade and all that. But I'm talking about when there's not a Super Bowl, you know. Trafficking in humans generates billions, 32 plus billion dollars a year for those who, by force and deception, sell human lives into slavery. Only a portion are into sexual bondage. Nearly 2 million children are exploited in the commercial sex industry. The AIDS pandemic continues to rage because so many of these children, through the, the customers, are being infected and spread around. And then, on other realms, the land rights. I mean, our own Russian Marsha uh, Ba, the, the working down with the, the grannies. The land rights of women are violated on a massive scale worldwide, but particularly ferociously in Africa, which leaves widows and other women in vulnerable positions. They can't care for themselves or their children. And around the world, women suffer a double trauma, rape, and then seeing their perpetrators absolutely face no consequence. And all this is just the, the, what goes up before the face of the Lord, it, the horrors of sin. And often these people, the weakest, lack any access to their justice system. They can't protect themselves. Their families are unprotected from those who are more powerful. And it's overwhelmingly most often the poor. Because they can't hire some high-powered lawyer to get them off even an obvious thing that they did. So how do we shine our lights? Now, let me just explain. I mean, this, what I shared with you fills the minor prophets and the major prophets. God said the rich are abusing the poor in the legal system, and they're taking their land, and at night they're moving the widows would have their husband's field, and they could hire someone, and they could work it. But at night, the rich would come in and have their workers move the corner markers of the field until finally the widow's field was just a postage stamp. And God says, I see that. I see that. The rich, I mean, God has always been opposed to that. So how do believers shine their lives into the darkness of injustice? And if God is pro-justice, which he is, what would he have us do as individuals in light of an unjust, sin-driven culture that lies in darkness all around us? Well, they're just little choices we can start to make. And the first one is this. Budget for regularly helping the poor. Work at having poor people not be kind of sanitized out of sight, but actually be in contact. In fact, I told first service, I mean, I, one of the many things I thank the Lord for for my family growing up was my parents wanted us to be face-to-face with the, the neediest of people. And they always kept money. I mean, I could, in my mind, I can see the teacup on my mother's high shelf where she always had money up there. And if she ever thought anybody was needy, I would see her up there 
getting money out. I say, what are you doing? She says, oh, I saw a family in church this morning. She says, and, you know, they had, I could see their socks through the bottoms of their shoes, and she was up there getting her money out, you know. Well, that affects children, to, to see their parents. I mean, my dad worked. My mom didn't. My dad worked at General Motors. He earned more money in retirement than he ever earned working. He was hourly, so they were not rich. We lived in a postage stamp size house, three kids in bunks going up the wall. I mean, it was just like this, you know. And yet they were giving money away. That affects people, children that see that. They didn't just do that. We all had to work at the mission, the Lansing City Rescue Mission. I mean, I think I was born there. I went there constantly. <laughs> I mean, if we weren't washing the dishes, I was ladling soup. Uh, if we weren't ladling soup, my mother was picking up the filthy sheets. I mean, do you know what street people's sheets are like? from their sleeping overnight, drunk, and every, you know, incontinent. I mean, just, I can't believe she put that in our washing machine, you know? But that affected me growing up. But they didn't stop there. Because you know where your treasure is, your heart is? When people would come forward at the rescue mission and want to get a new start, they would take them home to our house. We had three bunk beds. I would sleep on the floor. The drunk would sleep in my bed. That affects you growing up. See, we need to have, have money set aside just to help the poor, the sick, the handicapped, and the suffering. And if you're unsure who's really needy and you think maybe they're con people, start by volunteering at the Kalamazoo Gospel Mission or somebody here that works like our local ministry, Loaves and Fishes and Healthy Homes and Angel Tree. Touch directly the lives of the poor, the needy, the troubled, and the hurting. Jesus was moved with compassion. He touched the poor. We're supposed to be his arms. What do we do? <laughs> Windows go up. You know, they might get too close to us, you know, the ones with their little signs. Windows should go down. Now, what do you do if, if they have a floored face and you know they're over-inebriated with alcohol and you're contributing and they're probably going to buy alcohol? Do you know what I do? I look them right in the eye and I get the dollar bill out. I look him right in the eye and I say, and Bonnie and I, we started out our marriage for five years in California. And where we ate every day, there was always a street person standing on the corner with their cup. And I practiced looking him right in the eye and I would give him the money and I'd say, I'm giving this to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'd share the gospel, but I'd give them their dollar. And they could run off to their little brown paper package, you know, place and buy their alcohol. But they had met and heard and looked at a follower of Jesus Christ. See, we need to touch these people with Christ's love. Secondly, consider supporting a, a ministry. Uh, you know, when I go out and speak at conferences, I'm always paired up with a missionary. Uh, everywhere I go, there's always the missionary, and I'm the Bible speaker. And this summer, you know, I meet all kinds of wonderful missions, but this summer, Bonnie and I were just impressed with, we were paired at Go Lake with the IJM, International Justice Mission. And their vice president was there. And it was moving to, to listen to what they do. We're surrounded by injustice today. More children, women and men, are held in slavery right now than over the entire transatlantic uh, slave trade era. Millions of people toil in bondage. Their work and even their bodies are the property of an owner. In collaboration with local authorities, the IJM, the International Justice Mission, addresses these needs and specifically works on the points of brokenness to help these victims of injustice. And, and you know what I think about, I mean, even meeting them, I thought, 
that's interesting because I, I originally, when I was in Hazlitt, I had a scholarship to the University of Michigan, a law scholarship. I could have gone and become a lawyer and, and studied at University of Michigan. And I, I always thought about that. I thought how, how I could have gone into law, but how would I have done that? Gone to Goldman Sachs and been a, you know, a seven-figure person? Or go to one of these ministries? And though you can't live you know, in a penthouse and have a, a cabin cruiser... In your mind, you'll have the pictures of all the people that you have rescued in the name of the Lord. I mean, which do you think is worth more in heaven? You know? Making $9 million a year or making far less and rescuing what Christ would do. And then another idea is always using our most powerful tool, praying. And if you haven't started yet, get the literature about the horrors of injustice. It's here in America and globally. And start to plead with God, the God of heaven, to deliver us from this evil. That's where your heart will get involved once you start praying. And ask for lives to be intercepted by a loving and just believer and for souls to come to faith when they see Christ's love through these who rescue them. And just think of it as another way to take someone with you to heaven. And that's how we need to be.